come to the middle of the week, and I was getting ready, and Tara was putting the bulletin stuff together, and she said, What's, and she said where's, the pat, where's the message from? And I told her, and she kind of chuckled, and she says, don't you mean that was last week? And I said, no, I didn't preach last week. And she says, yeah, but Bryce McMinn preached from John 15. I said, oh, well, maybe I should change it. And then I thought, eh, he's different than I am. It'll be a little different. And I also thought of this story a pastor told one time. And, and, and I don't know, you can tell me if it, if it relates or not. But he told this story. Um, I, I, forget, I forget his name. I forget which pastor it was told this. But, but as he tells the story, he told the story, he told about coming to a new church. And he says, I came to the church um, the first Sunday of the month. And he says, I came and I, it was my first Sunday and I came and I preached the message and people came out and they were so excited. He says, I don't know if I was that good of a preacher, if it was just something different, you know, and they're like, oh, wow, you know, a different voice. It sounded different. He says, they were, everybody was excited and shaking my hand. And, and he said, it went, went on. And the next week he came and he preached the message and, and people said, it was pretty good. But he says, I heard some whispers. You know, going out the door, he says, I, and, I, and he says, well, he said, then the, the third week came, and he preached the message, and people came to the, to the leadership, and they came to the elders and deacons, and they said, he's preached the same message three weeks in a row, and they said, yeah, we noticed that too. We'll just watch, you know, it's new, and maybe he's just, you know, we'll just see, let's let, it, let, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt here, and, and let's see what happens, we'll give him another week. The fourth week came, and he preached the message, the same message. Four weeks in a row, same passage, same message. And the elders said, we're going to have to talk with him because it's the same thing every week. And he says, we need, you know, we need food to grow. And, and so they came to the pastor, and they met with him, and they said, they said Pastor, we appreciate, we appreciate your message. You bring a great message, and it's, it's powerful, and and we really appreciate the insight in, in, into the, the Bible passage and really appreciate it. And he goes, oh, thank you. And they said, but it's four weeks in a row of the same message. And the pastor says, yep, and when you get that one, we'll move on to the next one. <laughs> it, it must have been a Norwegian congregation. <laughs> I, I, I trust that it won't be, it won't be completely redundant. Um, but, but somehow God had put it on, on my heart and he, and he laid it there. And so somehow in the differences that we, that we both handle the, the passage with, we, we trust that God will speak to us um, today as well as, as he did last week. And I forgot to mention as I told this, I remembered that um, Bryce and his family sent a thank you, um, thanking, thanking you for your hospitality. And they said several people invited them for dinner on Sunday, and, and they appreciated that and wished they could have taken you all up, taken you all up on that offer, but um, they appreciated their time here, and, and, and so they're um, grateful for that. Um, John 15. Would you stand with me for the public reading of God's Word? Jesus is speaking here and reading in Jesus' name. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. 
and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Father, we thank you for your words, and we thank you for your Son who came and lived them. We thank you for your written word that, that you use, your spirit uses to teach us and draw us to you. Thank you for your living word and Jesus, you coming to earth to, to teach and to model and to give an example. Lord, but mostly you came to be a sacrifice for us and we're grateful for that. Um, thank you that you, um, you live and you desire a relationship with us. We pray, Jesus, that you will help us today to understand your words, open our hearts, that we will trust them, um, and we pray Jesus in your name, amen. And please be seated. So as we, as we look at this passage and we see Jesus says, I am the vine, and, and as he speaks that, quite obviously we, we understand that he's not saying he's literally a vine, um, but, but he's, he's that vine, he's that power source, right? He's the, he's, we need to be attached to him. We, we bought a plant as we were moving into our, into our new house in, in Idaho, and so this was in 1998. We still, I think we still have that plant. Um, it, it's, we still have it, it's just whether it's alive or not. We left it in, we left it in West Union, and we trust that maybe it got a little water once or twice, and it's still growing, but is this plant... It, it, I don't know, the stem, the trunk of it looks a little like, like a palm tree, um, but it's just a little thing, and I don't, know, I don't know what kind of plant it is. I just looked at it, and we were looking for plants, and Tara's looking at these pretty things. I said, hey, this is kind of cool. It's weird, and I kind of like it because it's different, right? And so we, we got it, and we had it, and it, as it grew, it, came, it grows up, and there, it was like a fork, but it looked like, you know, like a tuning fork? Um, so it came up, and then it had a U-shape with one stem going each direction. And there were two of them that, that came up in this plant. Um, one day, we were going, I was going through the living room where it was, and I looked, and I said, boy, that plant looks a little funny. And I, I went over, and I looked at it, and it had been snapped off and kind of set back and leaning. You know, like I said, there were two of these branch or two stems that came up or two trunks that came up and then and it had been leaned and propped against the one so it, from a distance you couldn't tell the difference but when you got up close you saw that it had been broken off just snapped and just set right back on there i i don't know maybe tara got to the bottom of it at some point but we don't know which child broke it i still maintain my innocence tara but they broke it and they set it there. Um, the rest of the plant grew and thrived, but that 
four, and, and then another fork came up, and it's, the rest of the plants still live, but that fork, even though it was sitting on the plant, it was there. It's dead. Right? There's no life. There's, there's, no way for the, there's no way for the nutrients to come. Right? And, it, and it's a, a silly, simple illustration. Even, but but it's, it's true for us, isn't it? We can come and we can gather together in church. We can, we can do all of the church things. You know, we can prop ourselves up just like the most devout Christian and be dead. And Jesus, that's Jesus' words for us. See, you can do all of this stuff. See, it's not about religion. It's not about, it's not about, the, it's not about the, the stuff that we do or the things that we say or the, you know, the words that we say. Or it, it, it's about being attached to Jesus. You know, in my illustration with the, with, with the toaster, we've got to be plugged in. And so that's the question for us that this passage brings and drives home for us. Are we attached to Jesus? Tara has an uncle who has a strawberry farm. And, oh, I don't know, this has been several years ago, but I would, we would be up there in the summer and we would help, them, we would help him with, with his strawberry farm. We'd plant runners. We'd set the runners. And, you know, and it was a U-pick farm, so he had it nice and wide. And he put straw in the pathways and stuff. But, but in the spring, or, or late spring, and, you know, this is northern Minnesota, so you get a very short time of that. But it, you, you'd set those runners, uh, um, and they, what they wanted to do was run all over, right? They would just come out, spread out, and go. Well, he would take the runners and set them, and we'd just pick them up and put them in so they'd stay in a row. And, and sometimes they'd keep trying to curl off, and he would take and, and cut them off. And, and as he, he would do this, and he'd take some kind of a tiller, whatever he used, I don't remember what kind of equipment he used to, to chop them off, but he'd set the runner, and when they start coming back into the row or into the walk path, he would, he, he would cut them off, and, and, and he would prune them. But he says, he, said, he says, I prune them for a couple of reasons. One, one was we want a place to walk so we can pick. Otherwise, it just overgrows, and, and you can't get to them all without damaging the plants. And so, he, so he prunes them for their well-being as the gardener. Well, Jesus says that the Father is the gardener, and he prunes us, and he prunes us for our well-being. He prunes us so that, so that we can be healthy and grow, and so that, so that we're not getting trampled on and, and, and damaged. And sometimes there, there are things in our lives, and not sometimes, but in our lives at times, there are things that need to be changed. There are things that there are things or areas in our lives, thoughts, actions, you know, attitudes that we need that God needs to change in us. Right? I think I should be preaching to the choir on that one, right? We all recognize that. We all know. Okay, I'm sinful. I'm I fall short of the glory of God. I don't always measure up, and there are things that need to be changed. And he says, God changes them for your well-being. He's the gardener. 
He also, he also changes them. He also prunes them for another reason. He put them in there, and he says, for the health of the plant. But when they'd start coming out, he says, if, if, I, kept them, if I kept them contained, if he kept them contained, he said, they, they're more, more contained, they're healthier in, in that stray vine or that stray shoot isn't out there sucking away the energy. And he says, they bear more fruit. He says, as we prune them, they bear more fruit. This is the same, same with apple trees or, or, or other fruit trees as well. We prune them to bear fruit. We want to get rid of those sickly, weak parts in life to, to, so, so that the plant is, is healthy and, and vibrant and strong and has the nutrients can, can flow into not just staying alive, but to nourishing the fruit. And so... So as the great, as the gardener, as the master gardener, God prunes us for our health, but he prunes us for our health also so that we might bear fruit. You have been created to bear fruit. I, I think, and I, and I, I think as I examine and just have lived life that, that way too often as Christians, we just, we just look to skate by. We want to say we're saved by grace through faith and it's not of works so any man should boast. And we're like, yes, I'm a sinful. Yep, I, I sinned and, and God saved me and this is Jesus died on the cross and, and that's good. But, but, and those are words roughly quoted from Ephesians 2. But at the end of that, that you are saved by grace through faith and not of works lest any man should boast, Jesus also says, or God's word also tells us, that you are his workmanship. Ephesians 2.10 Created for good works. You've been created for good works. You've been created to to uh, you've been created with a purpose. You have you have a purpose in life. And, and God sometimes needs to do a little snipping. He needs to do a little clipping. So that we can be healthy, so that the nutrients can go to the good things, to the fruit, right? So, so that so that we're not spending our time, wasting our time, pursuing things that eh, they might be okay, or or worse, they might be harmful for us. But but we're pursuing those things that that are God honoring, that are godly, that we're pursuing our purpose. Are you pursuing your purpose today? Are you, are you after that? Are you recognizing that God has called you to a purpose? He's called you to do good things. In our Bible study, a couple weeks ago, we, we looked at Ephesians 4, and, and there, there Paul says that some are given different gifts. And in these different gifts, and we, so we've looked at those gifts, and we took a little test yeah, isn't that great? You come to a Bible, midweek Bible study and you think, all right, it's great, we'll come and we'll spend a little time when we take a test. But it's just a simple, well, it's simple but hard, right, Paul? <laughs> yeah, because you answer questions. And some of those questions, you know, do you? Well, yeah, I should do that. So I want to put it high, but I don't always do that, so I'm going to put it low. And then you find out as you take this test what your gifts are. 
what your strengths are. And God says that his spirit has gifted us. He's gifted, used his spirit and we've been given a spiritual gift. And so the question is, are we using that gift for God's kingdom, for God's glory? Or are we just going, ah, somebody else will do it? I don't know how to use it. Well, here's a great, here's a great thing for you to do. And, and, you know, you might be calling a new pastor because, because the first pastor, Matthew, might have a heart attack. But if all of you came up and, they, and you said, I have this gift, how can we use it in this church? Every one of you came up and said, hey, I think God's gifted me here. How can, how can we best be used? And he'd be going, whoa. They didn't tell me it would be like this in seminary. They said that I'd have to be out drum beating the drum bushes to get people. right? Exercise your gifts. It doesn't have to be formally here. It, it's great if it's formally in, in the congregation. Some of our gifts need to be exercised informally. But exercise them. Do the works of God. He says, but then he says this. He says, he says, I am the vine. You are the branches. In me, you can do great things. Apart from him, you can do nothing. We can look and we can see, we can see worldly, ungodly, sinful, unrighteous people. And we're going, oh man, and they're, they're seemingly blessed. Right? They, man, they, they, they try a business venture and it, and it just blossoms and grows. And, they, and everything they do just seems to go well. And they live ungodly lives. And we go, well, God's not telling us in his word here. That, that in order to be successful in life, you know, successful business-wise or successful, you know, artistically or successful in, in venture, whatever venture it might be. He's not saying that you, need to, that you need to be a Christian. But if you want to be successful in the things that matter in life, if you want to have the fruits of the Spirit, if you, want to be, if you want to be honoring to God, you need to be attached to Jesus. In Him, you can do anything. In Him, there's life and there's freedom and there's joy and there's peace. Apart from Him, nothing. In Isaiah, we read that, we read that even apart from Him, our best deeds, think of this now, apart from God, your best deeds are filthy rags. You know anybody that wants to look filthy to the world? I mean to everybody around you? And we all, we all try and look the good, right? Now, sometimes you might, he might look at the styles of today and you say, huh, I don't know that that's so, such a good look. Or, you know, we can look back and we've seen pictures and Tara and Veronica were up at the library and they were looking at old annuals. <laughs> yeah, they saw some of you when you were in high school. <laughs> yeah, how's that make you feel? You laugh because you don't want to cry. <laughs> right? And you can look at some of those styles and you say, well, I don't, I, they obviously didn't care what they look like. But we do, don't we? We don't want to look silly to, to people. We don't want to be, we, we want to look good. 
I want to do well. And God says, apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing of value. You, and if your works, if your best works, you clean up. And you clean up and you do the best to try and, to try and you know, you're painting over the, the crud in your life so that you look good. And God says to me, that is a filthy rag. I see right through the paint that you used to cover it up. How is it that the carpenter's best friend is the finisher? So I don't know how, how that exactly goes, but if you've got a good finisher, the carpenter can get it by with a lot of mistakes. And you can cover them up. Well, we can't co- you can't cover your life up. God sees to the heart. God knows. And Jesus says, you can't do anything if you're not attached to me. As, as Jesus says here, he says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. Um, whoever abides in me, he it is that bears much fruit. Now read some of the fruits that we get, or that we grow, as, as the branches in God's kingdom. Turn back, if you have your Bibles and are, and are there, into um, Galatians, the fifth chapter, in the 22nd verse. And it's familiar. Some of you, maybe many of you, have this memorized, but it's this, Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, hear that again. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the fruits of the Spirit. And, and what happens when a, when a healthy plant grows? If a plant grows and it's healthy, it bears the fruit that it was created to bear, Right? You plant corn and it grows and it's healthy. It gets enough rain and, and, and the, there's the nutrients, proper nutrients in the soil and it grows and it bears fruit. It grows corn. Well, God created you to bear fruit. He says, here's the fruit. But, but notice this, that this fruit is something that grows from within. It's not something that you, can, that you can somehow force or you can somehow mandate and say, today, today I'm going to be patient. Today I'm going to be filled with joy. Right? Hey, you can't do that. This is the fruit that, that, grows, that, that grows organically. It comes from within. And it just sprouts out naturally when you're attached to the vine. I am the true vine. He who abides in me will bear much fruit. But apart from me, he can do nothing. My father is the gardener. He prunes. He prunes his people. 
Jesus says in this passage, as we, as we come to the end today, he says in this passage that you're already clean. And what cleaned you? His words. His words cleaned you. And now he says to you as followers of Jesus Christ, stay attached to the vine. Take his pruning, take his trimming and his, and his setting of the, of the shoots. Let him set you on the course that you should go. Let him, tweak, let him, let him trim you. Because he knows what's best. Because he's God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your words and we pray today, Father, that you will help us to um, be the godly men and women that you'd have us to be. Help us to follow you. Help us to, to stay attached to you. Lord, forgive us for the times when we, when we get out on our own and we, and, we, and we start running ahead and we start trying to do things, Lord, as, um, as we think best. We pray that you would um, soften our hearts, that we would bear the fruit that you'd have us to bear. Jesus, we pray in your name. Amen.